Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome in Busted Open Nation here on a Thursday. That's right, a Thursday here on Busted Open. I am your Thursday host, at least for this Thursday, Ryan McKinnell. Normally on Saturday, but I'm holding it down for Dave LaGreca as he, well, he celebrates his birthday and he's taking care of life stuff. So I am hanging out and I am very pleased to be joined by the one and only, the Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler in the history of the universe today, Bully Ray, joining along and we have a stacked show. Well, that's why you're listening it is the podcast version of busted open radio and of course it's a thursday so you know what that means ratings 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 we give our ratings from last night aew and nxt the wednesday night wars continue two great shows to get into two really solid main events and uh, plenty of moments to dissect including chris jericho coming out and debuting the demo god yes as we talk about ratings so was chris jericho we'll get bully ray's thoughts on that as well as uh, potential developments in the world of the elite yeah that's right kenny omega snapping last night on aew what does that mean for the future and are we nearing the end of one of the greatest factions of the last 10 years we're going to dive into aew we're going to dive into nxt keith lee and dijakovic go to war and uh well there's that little issue of the ftw belt brian cage taz and throwing in the towel is that something that the f FTW uh, manager would be doing to the FTW champion. I don't know. I'm not the expert, but you know who is? Bully Ray. And he gives his thoughts on that inside. All you got to do is sit back, relax, click play, get it going. Bust it open on a Thursday. Let's go. Chris Jericho taking a, a different incarnation, Bully Ray, uh, last night. The Demo God debuts. What do you think? You think we're going to be seeing more of the Demo God going forward? First of all, I, Bully, the fact that he's acknowledging it, the fact that he is bringing the ratings now into a potential character and a storyline, uh, it, it just, you talk about the finger on the pulse, you talk about Jericho doing no wrong. This feels like an example of that to me. It's him, you know, flipping the middle finger up again and just, you know, acknowledging what the finger on the pulse of the professional wrestling world. And Bully, on Thursdays, so much of the talk is around ratings, ratings, ratings. Back in the day, you only acknowledged the things that you needed to acknowledge or wanted to acknowledge or that you wanted people to remember you were acknowledging because we, we played everything very close to the vest. Nowadays, 
acknowledge everything, positive, negative, it doesn't matter. And and Jericho is shining a light on this whole rating thing. I always go back to him being in studio with me and Dave about a, a year ago going, it's not a ratings, it's not a war, it's not a war, there is no war, we're just going to go right. out there and do our own thing. No, no it's a war. It, it, it definitely is a war. You know, you're mentioning ratings, and, and that's fine. I don't, I don't care that he said that. Um, it is what it is. We're going to have some fun with it. I think the demo God needs to come out with his own demo God championship belt. That's the only <laughs> thing that would make it better to me. And him claiming that he's the demo God and giving us the education in the 18 to 49, maybe that will rally the 18 to 49 troops even more within AEW and get them to watch even more. Um, because that's what you want to do. You know, Ryan, do do you understand both sides of the of the argument where WWE uh, where NXT is claiming victory in overall, but AEW is claiming victory in eighteen to forty nine? Like, of course, yeah. Which victory would you rather win? I would rather have the eighteen to forty nine because you're building for the future. I think in this business, it is all about the future. It's why WWE is so, so hell-bent on the PG rating, right? And keeping it family-friendly because they're trying to plan for the future. So you you want the youth, man. That, that's what you, I, theoretically, I mean, that's what I would think. E- ECW, right? Youth, Attitude Era, youth, uh, Attitude Era and ECW. Bro, I'm sitting here at 36 because of ECW and Attitude Era. You know what I mean? So if you latch someone when they're young... You got them by the balls for the rest of their lives, presumably, especially in an art and a in a business like professional wrestling. Um, I think that um, AEW fans hopefully stay as loyal to the product as the yeah. eighteen to forty nine is showing now. I think it's a little easier for an AEW fan to go astray. I think some things in the past couple of weeks might have happened that turned AEW fans off, and that could have been either product or some things that went on outside of the ring. Um, it's going to be interesting once again uh, later on today to see what the rating is. Will they be neck and neck? Will NXT still win that 50 plus? Will NXT still get the 18 to 49? I watched NXT last night. I'm not quite sure why they wouldn't be grabbing that 18 to 49. Maybe because they're giving us too much straight up great wrestling. Because, I mean, last night with Keith Lee and Dijakovic and then Tegan Knox and Io Shirai, those were some really strong matches. Yeah. I would say that those matches were stronger than the matches that we got on AEW. Now, I'm not going to say that they were more entertaining because that's up to you to decide or each individual to decide. I don't sure. know. Some people are entertained by, you know, by holds and reversals and takedowns, and some people are entertained by spot fest wrestling. So... Once again, going to be interesting. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora and Apple podcast. We talked about it to start the show a little bit. Uh, you actually liked the pro wrestling. You liked the matches more on NXT than you did AEW. Yeah, because I'm a listen when it comes to pro wrestling matches to me, it's all about psychology. 
you know, we have we have a set of rules and we have parameters that we need to work in. And because wrestling can be anything we want it to be at any given moment, we have to make it make sense. I don't like it when fans uh, have their intelligence insulted. All right. Uh, we know this is sports entertainment. We know that we're going out there and we're creating something. But let's create something that makes sense. Something that st- stays within the parameters of what we've laid out. And when I watch NXT, I, got, I get that. Like, it's weird because um, last night at the end of AEW, they announced a false Count Anywhere match for next week between uh, the Butcher and the Blade and the Young Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, half these tag matches are spending time on the fall. Last night with FTR and uh, and uh, and the Lucha Brothers, they could have had a false count anywhere match because they were all over the place. They were on the floor for like 79 seconds, and the ref didn't even bother counting. So I'm not quite sure what the differential is when I watch when I watch NXT. I see wrestlers listening to the referee, trying to stick to the rules. And to me, it that it makes a little bit more sense to me. There's more psychology. I'm not saying I I don't like AEW matches because when it comes to the excitement level of seeing Marco stunt doing um, Canadian destroyers off the back of a dinosaur, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like my friend Darby texted me when that happened. He's like, "Oh my God, did you see that on AEW?" So those are the things that like resonate with me. It's like my friend is texting me to tell me he just saw Marco stunt do a Canadian destroyer off a freaking dinosaur's back. He didn't call. He didn't text me to tell me about the psychology of yeah. the NXT match. So I I'm, I always try to be very um uh you know aware of that. But for me personally, I like my wrestling to make sense. Every once in a while, it's not going to make sense, but that should be the exception and not the rule. Can't. I mean, spots theoretically can be psychology, right? Like a well-placed Canadian destroyer can add to the match and it can build and it can, and it can take your breath away and it can do all those things. I think that the issue that, that a lot of people get into when it's, it's spots for spots sake and now in bully, let's look at it this way, right? Last week, Canadian destroyer where everyone shit their pants, right? In the, whatever it was, the eight man or what it was. Yeah. The four team eight man with, with that, with the over the top rope Canadian destroyer. And now we've got a Canadian destroyer that have everyone's butt, butthole pucker up last night as well. Um, um, I do think there is a risk you run where you're just like, okay, well, when's the Canadian destroyer coming out, right? Like when's the big spot coming out? That, that is when I think, you know, a, a spot for a spot's sake can kind of come back and bite you in the ass. Should Marco stunt be breathing after a V trigger to the face? <laughs> no. <laughs> Should Ray Mysterio and Seth Rollins be fighting for an eye on Sunday at extreme rules? Probably but, not, but, 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 but no, but, I get but, your point. But we haven't seen that yet. We don't know right. how they're going to get there. They right. may find a creative way to get there. What I'm saying is Kenny Omega, right. the, 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 you know, the guy that walks on water to a lot of internet wrestling fans. Like, oh, Kenny, the, you know, the, the five-star wrestling machine, the yada, yada. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. <laughs> All right. I'm buying into Kenny, right? I'm, I'm fully right. in. Kenny hits that running knee that looks like it would probably put you in a coma for 10 years. He hit Marco Stunt with the V trigger, and Marco Stunt was on his feet. Yeah. 
How? <laughs> How am I supposed to? I don't get it. Like somebody, like, am I, do I need to dumb myself down that much? Listen, at All In, I had Marco Stunt go face to face with me to create a moment of uh, of little man versus big man, to show Marco Stunt had balls, to show Marco Stunt had guts, to give him that moment to show everybody, yeah, I might get my ass kicked, but I'm going to stand up to the bully. But then he got killed. Right. And he didn't get up after he got killed. He didn't get a close pin on Bully Ray. What did he go, two and a half last night? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if you get a yeah. V trigger in the face, how could you even be on your feet? You're a buck ten soaking wet with a brick in your pocket. I can dip him in blue cheese and eat him like a wing. And I'm a one-stroke guy. I can put the whole thing in my mouth, boom, get all the meat off at one stroke. Done. Put, put, Gabby, put Gabby, Gabby, did you did you get a did you get a pull of that? You can get what your meat off in one stroke and you're a one-stroke guy. Bully. Bully. Why, why are you asking her? Huh? Well, I just, I'm just, they're the tech, the, but Guns and Gabby got the tech. I don't know how to pull that. I'm just saying that was gold, Bully Ray. Almost as good as the bidet talk. But no, your, your point made. You could eat Marcus you know stuff with one bite. When, when, you, when you bring up spots for the sake yeah. of spots, like I don't have a problem with Kenny hitting a V trigger on Marco. And in a perfect world, that would be the one, two, three. But if not, just use it to get rid of Marco in the match. You can't have Marco on his feet after that. And then when we get to the finish, he hit him with another V trigger and then had to hit a one wing and angel. If Kenny Omega has to hit two V triggers and a one wing and angel on Marco stunt, he's going to have to hit 27 on Lance Archer, if he ever beats him, <laughs> right? Well, this is where the yeah. psychology of things comes into play for me, where it doesn't make sense. Okay, so it, who does this fall on? Do you think the match is being called in the ring? Do you think it's pre-planned and no one's coming out and kind of highlighting these, um, what's the word I would be looking for, discrepancies, right? Uh, because I think this this can kind of tie in to what we or what we heard yesterday from Jim Ross. When Jim Ross came on the show, uh, for those of you that missed it, first of all, yesterday, uh, the Wednesday show of Busted Open was incredible. Yes, it was Dave's birthday, but JR stopped by and dropped uh, truth bombs and knowledge bombs for everybody. Ric Flair came by, Eddie Edwards. It, it was a great show, but uh, going back to what JR said, you know, JR was talking about something as simple as the tag ropes, right, in AEW or, or any anybody. It's really a psychological discussion, right? But heels need things to build off of they need things like tags ropes they need these 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 artistic sort of interpretations that they can use and bend to their their storytelling abilities right uh the same thing can be said for the wrestlers themselves like kenny omega needs frame he needs fr he needs a framework to go off of this north american audience needs to know who kenny omega is so bully you bring up a good point right when when when, when he's sitting out there drilling marco stunt with a v trigger and, and marco was popping right back up that seems to go against the basic psychology of what we would come to understand from a kenny omega so back to my original question in a very long roundabout way where does the buck stop with this where does the responsibility fall from your perspective i know you're, you're not boots on the ground necessarily but you got a keen eye man I don't I don't think that um there's the that level of scrutiny that there is in the WWE. Right now I think this wild wild west formula formula for AEW is working for them. I think a lot of guys and gals are patting each other on the back and saying great job, great job, great job. I don't think they have a bad guy. Yeah. 
They don't have that person in the back that's there to say, all right, have a seat. I'm going to tell you everything that you could have done better. I'm going to tell you everything that didn't make sense and how when you go out there next time, you can be a better performer. AEW and ECW, I always make the comparison because it's basically the same company when it comes to mantra, relationship with the, the audience, and how ECW was about violence for the sake of violence, and AEW at times is spots for the sake of spots. Here's mm. the difference. When you were done with a match in ECW and when you came through that curtain, Heyman was the first one there to tell you everything that you did right and everything that you did wrong. And then right behind Paul was a Terry Funk, a Shane Douglas, a Bam Bam Bigelow, a, a Brian Lee, uh, 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 anybody who had been there and done that in the wrestling business to teach the younger talent why you want to continue doing something or why you don't want to do something and why it's wrong. And we listened back then. What did JR say was his biggest problem with ta younger talent these days? Well, it was them essentially not listening. He would get in a conversation with the talent, right? And he and I'm the same way. Uh, eyes are a huge tell, right? Like you can you can gather a lot if someone glances down at their phone and checks an email. Why the fuck are you checking your email? We're having a conversation. Let alone <laughs> the context here is very important. That could be a random dinner conversation where we're talking about what we watched last night on TV. Damn the fact that we're talking about Jim Ross giving you a wealth 30, 40 years of experience in a business that you're in and then you divert that attention so bully back to your original question it's getting people to listen getting people to be receptive which to me is such a foreign idea that anyone would not be listening to legends in the back and i and i and that if that's the case i, I mean i know it's an individual basis but that's that's a terrifying prospect uh, and I'm sure that guys like Billy Gunn try. I'm sure Dustin yeah. tries. I'm sure Arn tries. I'm sure Tully tries. But at the end of the day, the talent's going to go out there and they're going to put their matches together and they're going to do what they want to do. How do I know that? Because even without being there, I can tell that guys and gals are just going out there and for the most part, doing what they want to do, especially the veterans that are there or the guys that are in ownership there. Like I said, yeah. FTR versus the Lucha Brothers last night. They were on the floor forever both guys the referee wasn't even counting like at the very least can you count slow right one <laughs> dead air two <laughs> i mean i don't even if you do that but if i see yeah. referee paul turner not even counting and he's just doing a bunch of pantomime with his hands like what what are you doing are you pretending to be in a small box? I mean, like, you know, this, oh, look, this is me in a nutshell. Um, like, uh, th there's got to be some semblance of something. Yes, it was exciting. Yes, it was fun. Yes, the finish was creative. Yeah, I get it. But so's, but so's the circus. I can go watch people on the trapeze, right, and go, oh, that was a great double flip. That was a great triple backflip. Oh, that was a great whatever. Okay. It's just a bunch of moves on the trapeze. Does it make sense? Nope. Just a bunch of flips. And ooh, ah. But after a while, how much ooh and, and on can you possibly do? When you watch, when you watch an AEW match, a spot when you oh, let's take AEW out of it, Ryan. When you when you watch spot fest type of wrestling, sure. What emotion does spot fest wrestling placate to? Fear and anxiety. No. 
That, to me, I mean, I'm, I mean, to me, I'm holy shit. I'm scared. That's a terrifying spot. So entertainment pops cheap. I don't want to say cheap pops, but you're playing to the oh shit factor. You're playing to joy and happiness. You're okay. trying to elicit an emotion of wow, yes. ooh, ah, e, oh my god, ooh, what? How many times can you elicit that emotion before that emotion becomes passe? Yeah, How diminished. many times yeah. can you pop? How many times can you go, oh, for a super kick? Oh, for a super kick? Oh, oh. Uh. Mm. If When we start relying on just the spottiness and just the moves, and I love all the moves. I'm not telling anybody not to do moves. Do any freaking move you want. Just make sure that move makes sense. And it's in the context of the match. I don't want to see Kenny Omega number one on the PWI 500, the IWGP champion, the king of the Tokyo Dome, and the guy that walks on water hitting a running freaking knee to the side of a tiny man's head and that man getting up. This is Aussie Football Rules America with Eddie McGuire. Pat McAfee. I think the AFL is going to take over America, and I think it's been a perfect time for me to discover it. I feel like a child. The dudes out there are just incredible athletes. The sport is so electric. It's so explosive. And I think it was the sport I was supposed to play. Catch new episodes Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and listen at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. Taz thrown in the towel with the FTW championship. I mean, that, that, that belt and then the hell that uh, Taz had to go through the matches that are attached to that belt um, for a lot of us. I mean, you know, that to see the, the guy who, who, who made that belt to throw in the towel, um, obviously Jr. talking about protecting the investment, but the, bully, Listen, man, you know, uh, the, the, that ECW era, a lot of people hold that uh, very, very close to their vest. Obviously, you're a big part of that. Uh, when you saw that play out last night with that main event and, and thrown in the towel, obviously, I think it, it it's going to lead to something more, but, but but base level. What do you think the reasoning was behind that? What do you think it's going to lead to? Potentially a breakup of, of uh, maybe Brian Cage and, and Taz and maybe Cage taking the belt from Taz and then maybe Taz finding someone to try to get it back from him. I'm not really sure, but it just is so outside the norm of what you would have come to expect from a Taz or from an F FTW champion. I know we haven't seen it in like 20 years, but it, it just it didn't feel right. So when something doesn't feel right, it wasn't for no reason, right? There's a reason behind it. So what's the reason? What, and I'm, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. Yeah. What didn't you like about the finish? Just, just that. Listen, I'm not even going to say I didn't like it, right? Because time has not passed. I can't judge an angle. I can't judge a story just off of one moment. But what I can say is that wasn't done without purpose, right? Or, or at least I will say this. Theoretically, it shouldn't be done without purpose because if this is just what you did with no with no game plan to follow up on, uh, you are you are barking up the wrong tree because this is not a man with Taz that you should you, you, you don't want to take that with. And this isn't a belt. You don't bring belt the F. You don't bring back, excuse me, bully, the FTW champ championship to do something like this so what if i told you that the only purpose that the finish was done for was to protect brian cage and they needed a finish where brian did not get pinned what if that then, was the only purpose i don't hate it but it makes taz's character a little bit different than what we've been presented but i don't hate it when it comes to the finish last night, I completely understand the psychology and the why of why they did the finish that way. They needed protection. 
Mm-hmm. I I would have done things completely different in the buildup, and I would have done something completely different in the finish. But I understand why they felt the need to go in that direction. I was not a fan of bringing back the FTW championship at this juncture. Now you see how they blew through something that they could probably have gotten six months of storytelling out of. It's, exactly. it's done. Taz telling the world that this belt is renegade shit. This belt means you're the baddest man in wrestling. Mm-hmm. This belt means this. You're such a tough guy. You're this. You're this. You're this. All right. Well, your boy got put in an arm bar and you had to throw in the towel. How tough are either one of you right now? Yep. I just, the buildup to me has been wrong. I think Taz has been too much of the focal point of the buildup. Even JR yesterday went so far as to say, I think the camera angles can be better. That's JR's <laughs> nice way of saying Taz should not be standing so far in front of Brian Cage. This is not me busting Taz's balls. This is not me trying to be a hard ass. This is legitimate. Brian Cage is the star. Not Taz. Brian Cage should be standing him in the middle of the spotlight. And if Brian Cage is not smart enough to find the spotlight, it's Taz's job as the pro to take that spotlight and put it completely on Brian Cage. Brian, you even heard JR say yesterday that when Taz handed Cage the belt, what was what was Cage's there was, reaction? There was there bully. There was no reaction. And I was talking about this with a buddy of mine last night. I mean that it, it's a little thing, but oh my god, is it so big? It's sometimes the littlest things can be the the just the elephant in the room, right? And and Brian Cage no selling the FTW championship when a when a, ten thousand marks across the land were like their buttholes were puckering up and they're like, holy shit, it's the FTW championship! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And Brian Cage is like, cool. Like, what? What the fuck? What? Cool. No, like, no. This is massive. You are anointed. You are the next FTW champ. We haven't seen this belt. Tony Khan, or you were talking about it uh, last week in regards to Tony Khan having the foresight to bring this out. WWE didn't touch the FTW championship. Nobody touched the FTW championship. You know, Tony Khan went out, got Taz, got Taz to bring this belt back, and then you no-sell the unveil, and then a week later, okay, let's say six months from now, as you said, Bully, that's the payoff. The payoff is that the manager, the, the creator of FTW Championship throws in the towel on his protege. Oh, my God. What a shocking moment. Means absolutely nothing seven days removed from the unveiling of the belt. So now that we've gotten to this point. Yeah. Do you care if Darby Allen ever defeats Brian Cage for that FTW Championship? No. In fact, I think he should, considering Brian Cage just got the towel thrown in seven days after we unveiled the championship. Like, I don't want Brian Cage to have the championship anymore right now. Like, I'm sure there's more of a story to be developed with this right now, and I'm sure we can revisit it, you know, months down the road, and I might feel differently. But right now, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I go back to what you said, Bully, in terms of the payoff, and you used the perfect phrasing. You blew through it. You had gold. And we're not, we're not, I'm very rarely critical of AEW because there really hasn't been a whole lot to be critical of uh, by and large. But this is one of those things where I'm just kind of with my hands up in the air and I don't, I don't understand why this happened the way it happened. 
there are there are too many mistakes made along the way. Last night they felt the need to protect Cage with the finish, which okay, I can understand. I can have a discussion about that if I was in a room with all those guys. But there's no reason why Brian first of all, Brian Cage gets put in an arm bar. Taz the so-called baddest man to ever walk the planet, the, the original holder of the FW right. championship, now feels like, oh, my God, my guy is about to lose. He's going to get his arm snapped off, so I have to throw in the towel, right? Mm-hmm. What happens right after the bell rings? The lights go out. I'm, I'm sorry. After the, I'm sorry. My bad. The bell, the bell rings, and then Brian Cage picks up the FTW championship. Mm-hmm. nails uh, Moxley in the head, and then proceeds to do what? Ground and pound. Just more, just damage, wreak havoc, How go incredible How are Hulk. you throwing punches with an arm that is so bad that Taz had to throw in the towel? Mm. And why are Shit. you not, and why is your initial reaction, Bully, not going at Taz for and being pissed off that he threw in the towel, right? We see this all the time in boxing and, and mixed martial arts, right? Fighters never want their corners to stop the action. They would rather die. So where this has to go for me, Bully, is that we got to see next week Brian Cage being like, what, dude? You think, what, wait, why are you repping me? Why are you coming out and putting me in this spotlight? You think I got injury concerns? You think my pec's not healed? You know who I am? Do you know what I'm capable of? Not to bar, sorry, wrong catchphrase there. But you get what I'm saying, right? Of course, man. Yeah. Of course. Like, there's too, there, to me, there are too many holes in the storytelling, and yeah. there's not the right focus on the things that matter. While I, seeing Brian Cage, and, and once again, JR tried to cover up. As JR yep. tries to cover up for the referees, he tried to cover up for Brian. He's like, well, Brian Cage is using his right arm. And then what did Brian Cage go and do? Threw a left punch. <laughs> and then Brian Cage is up. And now here comes Darby Young. So we tried to protect yeah. we tried to protect Brian Cage by having somebody throw in the towel, but then Darby Allen comes and bumps him out of the ring. So Brian Cage uh does the job, then he's getting bumped out of the place by Darby Allen, and then at the end, look who's holding him back. A referee. Nobody should hold Brian Cage back ever. Brian Cage should have killed everybody last night at the end of that segment. <laughs> Agreed. Nobody Agreed. should have been standing. You should have seen Brian Cage standing on that stage amongst a sea of bodies that he just decided to destroy. Didn't like, get that. Uh, Brian like, uh, Cage. Well, yeah. is, they better be very, very, very careful about what they do with Brian Cage. Yeah, yeah, as you were describing that, divisions of uh, what was it a couple years ago when Lesnar got reprimanded, right? And he just went ape shit and just, just I mean, wrecked security. I think he just every table that was in sight. I, I mean, did everything short of ripping off the ring ropes and deconstructing the entire ring. So yeah, I think uh, absolutely. You go after Taz, you question why the hell, you know, why did this happen? Well, you don't believe in me, and then yeah, you you show it through anger and frustration, and you become a wrecking ball. Maybe that's where this is headed. But again, it still felt like it it blew through it. And uh, I, w- I was I'm glad we talked about that. I was very interested uh, to see what your thoughts on that were going to be because it certainly threw me a loop. For a loop, I should say, and, and you see, look what you did, Roman, in Miami. You, you mentioned that, and then and the rest of the segment, we're just we're just yelling about the FTW belt. But the good news is, what, what's up, bully? 
What I was going to say is, I, with you asked me earlier about AEW and like, is there anybody who's telling them they're doing things wrong? Where's yeah, the yeah. I don't, I don't think that they have that next level that those that 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 filter that truly helps them put stuff together in in the WWE in NXT obviously with NXT Road Dog Shawn Michaels yeah. Hunter that's a hell of a final filter that you have to go through to make sure everything is the right psychology wise storytelling wise with AEW I don't know if there's that final filter you could tell me Jericho's there and Cody's there and Dustin's there and all these guys that are smart are there but they're so busy doing their own things yeah. that they I don't know if they can come together and act as that final filter it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to do you need dedicated people there. I know that if I was sitting there and we were going over this Brian Cage Taz segment or anything else, I'd be like, "Wait a minute, time out, pump the brakes. We have to take care of Cage in a different way." Or time out Let's not bring back the FTW championship until we know we got six months of storytelling. Is Brian Cage the killer that Taz right. was? Does Brian Cage cut that promo that Taz was able to cut? Does Brian Cage have the anger and the angst and just the absolute mindset that Taz had when he brought in the FTW championship? No. Absolutely freaking not. And you know how we found out when he got handed the belt? <laughs> yeah. Just like you said, Ryan. Oh, yeah, this mm -hmm. is cool. The biggest name. Best in baseball. Derek Jeter, what a player. You can't say enough about him. He's a winner. Derek, welcome to Cooperstown. The best in baseball are on MLB Network Radio. We'd like to welcome Derek Jeter. One of the things that I've always struggled with throughout my career is enjoying the moment and enjoying the journey because it's always like, what's next, what's next? This is it. There's nothing next. This is the highest honor. MLB Network Radio, Sirius 209, XM 89. And on your phone with the Sirius XM what is right the the pathway for kenny omega right i think we're building towards something we're 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 establishing an edge with kenny omega and even afterwards uh believe with what we're talking about essentially kenny omega snapping uh, after the match and, and going after marco stunt books pulling back everything you know the as you've mentioned the beer getting dumped on him right he goes back in the corner after he's been reprimanded and after the bucks have like been like dude what are you doing this isn't what we're about he sits in the corner kind of hunched over smiling so i think it's very clear where we're going the question is is how deep does this go bully right like is this a complete disbanding of the elite as we know it i mean we've it kind of feels like we're going that way we felt that way with page being more disinterested and kind of the way he He's been going. FTR joins up with Paige backstage during the Lucha Express and uh, Elite match last night, which kind of felt like a tease. So, so Bully, I, I, there's a lot happening in the world of the Elite, and I don't think any of it is with coincidence. I think we're looking at a Kenny Omega heel run to go on a singles push and to challenge for the AEW championship. And then I think we're, then after that, I think it gets real interesting what could happen potentially with Hangman Page. The Bucks will always be the Bucks. We know that that aside right what happens to hangman and omega omega goes on his route for the aew championship and there's been some talk about a new four horsemen and when you think about a new four horsemen maybe arn anderson there with cody ftr and hangman page i'm i'm okay with that if that's the stable you want to make ryan are you a kenny omega fan i'm a big kenny omega fan boy 
do you think that there's uh, that they're putting their toe in the water with turning Kenny Omega heel? One hundred percent. What could they possibly do to make you hate Kenny Omega? <sighs> okay, that's kind of a loaded question for me because the answer is nothing. Like I go back to I go back to the match between Undertaker and CM Punk, right? Paul Bearer had just passed away. It was leading into WrestleMania. CM Punk took the ashes of Paul Bearer. The, what we're spo- it was like three weeks after the, he had passed away, right? He took he attacked the Undertaker. I think he was as one of his druids, right? He busted him over the head. Then he takes the urn. Those are the ashes of Paul Bearer. He dumps them on a lifeless Undertaker, and the crowd chants CM Punk, right? That, 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 that moment, I knew CM Punk was never going to be a heel again. For me, I don't think Kenny Omega can ever be a heel again because I have so much respect for him in that true sort of heel way, but I mean, he can get me more interested in in, in, in his storylines by being healed. I mean, I want to see a venomous, pissed off, determined, angry Omega. We went down the list of people he's lost to, right? There's ammo there. I think year two of AEW is all about uh, Kenny Omega becoming pissed off, turning his back on the elite and chasing down that singles championship. Once again, what you just said, very possible, but it's the lack of real heels that will not give you that version of Kenny Omega that you want to see so bad. You don't have to turn Kenny Omega heel to get that version of Kenny Omega. You need the right heel standing across from Kenny Omega to bring that side of him out. And this is where the business lacks real heels. It would be very easy for the right heel who knew what the fuck he was doing to stand across from Kenny and bring out everything that you want to see in Kenny. You kind of got a little bit with Kenny versus Chris. You kind of got it. Too many people love Chris, though. So you weren't allowed. Because people still love Jericho, they weren't allowed to fully immerse their love back into Kenny. Go ahead. Yeah, it was to say, and people were high on the event, right? Like that double or nothing in Vegas. He did. There were no heels or faces. Everybody was a face in that event. Like and people were. You, you were the, the electricity in that room. But that doesn't matter. I've been no, in no, rooms I know, with I know, I know. tons yeah. of electricity. That doesn't mean there shouldn't be any real heels there. <laughs> I, I agree, agree right. with. I agree with you with Kenny Omega. There is another side to Kenny, a side that nobody has been able to bring out, and very few will. Not even Jericho can bring out that side of Kenny Omega. You need a special kind of heel to stand across from him to bring out the serious ass kicker. Not even Moxley in the in the CZW-esque death match. I'm talking about whittling it all away to where Kenny stands face-to-face with somebody that can breathe down his neck in a way where you're not saying, oh, I want to see Kenny hit a one-wing angel on that guy, or I want to see Kenny do a flip on that guy. What you're saying to yourself is, I want to see Kenny ball his hand up into a fist and punch that guy in the frickin' mouth. That's what Kenny Omega needs. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 